0: Well, good morning, everyone, here at Kingsley Avenue. Good morning. Everyone can relax. This is not a pay the preacher extra bonus. I promise. But I wanted to make sure that we all understood the differences between plan and the big payback that's coming up Thursday and what we will be doing after we have the lesson here this morning. The contributions that are taken here after the Lord's Supper are where we give for the work that Linsley Avenue is doing, where we reach out to our community, where we uh, help people with food and clothing and all the different things that Linsley Avenue is involved in, uh, keeping things running. That's what this is for. The big payback that we're talking about next Thursday supports an entirely separate organization, separate bank accounts. And it is set up primarily so that it can reach out to the community as well as individuals from here to help keep this historic building in which we meet up and going. Much of the improvement that's been made inside the building has been the result of a plan, preserve Lindsley Avenue now. And the gifts that will be received next Thursday on the day of the big payback are aimed at specifically, as I recall, working on the Um, stained glass windows in here over the door. That's the goal this year. But that's totally separate from this. If you're going to give to the big payback, it doesn't really go in here, although I'm sure they can fish it out. And monies that you give here don't go toward the big payback. Just wanted to make sure, two different things. Sometimes we can easily talk about them back and forth. Uh, The big payback's really important because this is a very historic place where we have the honor of meeting Sunday. But this is really important because this is where we're doing what God wants us to be doing. So I want everybody to keep that in mind. Thank you, cool. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to share with you thoughts we did this morning. If you have a handout uh, that uh, was passed out for many people, many of you may have that already this morning, uh, I must have been snoozing when I was putting that together because there's at least two mistakes on it. I'm very human, but uh, I usually try to keep the mistakes to a minimum. Two very prominent ones. First, it has a verse at the top of it from Psalms. That's from Up to Go. Uh, I never thought to go up and change that, so sorry about that. I didn't I noticed that when Bobby put it out on Facebook. Right, we've already used that verse, and that has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about this morning. It should have been 2 Peter chapter 1, 12 through 15, which we are, in fact, uh, had read just a few moments ago, but even that's a typo on the sheet because it says 1 Peter chapter 1, so all bets are off in terms of what may show up as we go through. it. If you see a typo or something on there, uh, just be be gentle, be gentle. But I want to talk about let's all remember as the title. I mean, here we are, we finally have entered May, and the year is running on past. And one of the events of May is at the end of the month, Memorial Day. Now, for some people, they think of eating hamburgers and hot dogs, but it has a slightly longer history than that. It used to be known as Decoration Day. If you live out in the country, which in some cases meant in the past five miles from downtown, it was often called Decoration Day. It was to remember people, men and women, who died in military service to their country but was also often used simply to remember past relatives who had already moved on by putting some sort of decoration at their grave sites or on their tombstones. Following the end of the Civil War, so this is roughly 170, 160 years ago, rather, many communities set aside a day mark the end of the war and remember those people who had died. The first broad participation in what we now call Memorial Day happened on May the 30th 1868. That date was chosen because it was not the anniversary of any specific battle. It wasn't the Battle of Gettysburg or Antietam or any of these other things. No big battles had occurred on that day, so that's why it was picked. We now do it on uh, the last Monday of, I think it's always the last Monday, or is it always the fourth? Right toward the end of May, I should have checked on this. chalked that up. Uh, the very end of the month of May, and that's where we do it. So Memorial Day to remember. That's what a memorial is all about. When we partake in the Lord's Supper, it's a memorial to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, his giving of his body and his blood. We should remember. We need to think about what was done for us. Memorial Day, we do that in terms of thinking about people who gave their lives so that Individuals in this country and around the world might have the opportunity to live as free people. Let's remember, because there's a lot of things in the Bible that we need to remember. Uh, Romans 15:4 is a verse I've heard many, many times in this regard, because the Bible is written so that we might remember and learn from things that have happened previously. Romans 15:4, we read: whatever things were written before. Paul, when he's writing this, is talking about things that were in the Old Testament, the writings of the prophets, the Mm -hmm. writings of histories, and the Psalms, and Proverbs. But today, this will apply to anything written in the Bible, including what Paul wrote here in the book of Romans. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning. It's there so we can learn, either good things or learn from bad choices people make. It's written so that we can learn from it that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. We read the writings, we read the scriptures, Old and New Testament, and we see patience of people who were in tribulation. We see comfort that other people have suffered in many ways like we have. And through that process, we can have hope for the future when we see people in the past overcome problems they face. We are in the same boat, if you will, the same circumstances of many people who have gone before. People who were members of God's family hang in there by looking at what's happened in the past. So, lots of things in the, uh, the Bible and things that are written in the Old and New Testament that we can learn from. And mm-hmm. many, many places we are told and specifically said to remember. So, I want to look at some of those here this morning. The Bible is full of things we should remember and reminders of. In 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter is facing death coming sometime soon, and as he knows he's about to leave this world, one of the last things he writes is that he wants to make sure people remember things after he's gone. So look again with me 2 Peter 1, 12-15. Peter says, therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities, the, the things that we as members of God's family should possess, the inner qualities of how we interact with people, how we live, how we live for God. And then he says, I think it's right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of a reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as the Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. He knows it's going to die soon. and So when you know death is coming, people often want to say the important thing, remind people of things. Peter's doing the same thing here. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Well, we benefit from this thinking that Peter was going through, because we now can also recall many of these things that he thought were very, very important near the end of his life, to spell them out so that we would be able to recall. There are things that we should not forget. And they are important things. So what are some of the specifics that we should not forget? All the way back in Numbers chapter 15, verses 40 and 41, we read, Remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. I'm of the firm belief that every word in the Bible, every word from God is important. No doubt about that. But there are some things that get repeated as if I really want you all to remember and notice this. And here, God wants us to remember and do his commandments. Speaking to people living under the Old Testament, the Old Law had a lot of commandments to remember. Those are summarized for those of us who are Christians today in terms of loving God and loving our neighbor. God wants us to always know those things. Why? Twice he says here, twice he says here, I am the Lord your God. As our Creator, as our God, and as our Master, God demands that we show our love and respect for Him by also doing good for others. Judges chapter 8, verse 34. Very sad statement. Thus, the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. Right before they go into the land of promise, God had said, "Remember, because I am the Lord your God." They get over there and do what? Forget. They don't forget. Now, it's really easy to stand here, some you know, thirty-four hundred years or so after the fact, and say. How foolish could those people have been? How could they have forgotten? When if we really want to examine our own lives and our own circumstances, how often do we forget and do things we know we really shouldn't do anything? If I ask for a show of hands, I really believe everyone in here would be able to raise them up and say, yes, I have forgotten too. So don't go picking on the people who've lived in the past whose lives are on the page, when our lives are still being written and we're making and have made sometimes the same exact mistakes. Galatians 2, verse 10. They, picks up the pronoun they, is referring to Peter, James, and John, who had seemed to be pillars in the family God of God, the church, of Jerusalem. They, speaking to Paul here, after meeting with Paul, they desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. It's very important to remember the poor, I think we do a pretty good job of that here because we have hearts here at Lindsley Avenue and the opportunity to help people. It's really important, very, very important. Look at Acts 20, verse 35, Paul speaking here to the elders from the church at Ephesus as he's leaving. He says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What's the difference here? One very important thing is to remember the whole. Contrast that with what's often called the parable of the rich fool. When I get something, what do I do with it? When I'm blessed, what do I do with it? Do I think, you know, I've got to get bigger pants because my pockets can't hold all the cash that I just got. That's what I always say whenever I make the bigger pants. It's the whole more stuff in the pockets. That's the reason, nothing else. Well, what do I do with blessings today? Do I focus on the here and now? That's what the rich fool did. He focused on the here and now. We need to be focusing on the hereafter. Big difference. What's my focal point with the way I live my life? Is it me is it now or is it doing things now that will affect me hereafter Isaiah verses 40 uh, chapter 43 verses 24 through 26 you have bought me no sweet pain with money nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices but you have burdened me with your sins and have wearied me with your iniquities this is God speaking you didn't bring me any sweet offerings. You didn't spend things and do things to honor me. But what you have done is you have piled all sorts of weary things on me from your actions. Look at it again. You have bought me no sweet cane with money, nor have you satisfied me with the fact of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins, and you weary me with your iniquities. If we're not careful when we're living for ourselves... Perhaps it would be good to remember that those choices we make, according to Isaiah here, can burn God and can make God weary by the choices we make when we're living doing things we want to do. He continues on. I, even I, God speaking, I, even I, am he who blocks out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sin. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Can you make a case to God for why your sins should be forgiven? God says this at the time of Isaiah, some 700 years before the time of Jesus. I don't believe anyone hearing Isaiah, reading Isaiah for the first time back then, would have been able to make any case whatsoever. I can make no case for why God should forgive me. Other than, other than what Jesus did. We have no pardon, no hope on our own. Here we got heads up, the song we're singing for, the invitation song. Heaven is what? Nothing but the blood. What a great song. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus the only case any of us can possibly make as an answer to God here in Isaiah is nothing of my own, nothing of my own actions, nothing of any righteousness that I think I might have, but to simply point and say, Jesus loved me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. In his blood, the only hope you or I have in response to this statement from God. For tell me why I should forgive your sins, the way you've been living your life. Jesus is the only hope any of us have as the answer to that. Psalm 25, 6 and 7. Remember we're focusing on things to remember, important things to remember. The psalmist says remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from the old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake. One of the beautiful things I noticed about parents as my parents got older, very fortunate, they forgot how much of a pain I was when I was young. Really and truly. They forgot the times they were terribly mad at me. Times I really disappointed them. As they grew older, I'm very, very thankful about this, they seemed to develop amnesia. It's great. I know all the things I did. I haven't forgotten them. I'm so glad they did it. Don't remember the times I irritated you when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. I remember them well enough. Well, the psalmist here is asking God, please, please remember me. When my name comes before you, remember me with your mercy and your loving kindness. Do not remember the sins of my youth. Don't remember my transgressions according to your mercy. your goodness to remember me. The last thing I want is for God to remember the sins of my youth. Guess how long youth lasts for those of us here on earth. You're actually young until your last breath. Don't remember any of my sins, whether they were committed at age 14 or 84. doesn't matter. Our plea to God should be please please lord don't remember the choices i've made when i was living for myself please please ecclesiastes 12 1 has a similar thought the preacher here is the writer of the book of ecclesiastes calls himself the preacher remember now your creator in the days of your youth if you're young focus on god then he says before the difficult Days come and the years draw here, when you say, I have no pleasure in them. It gets a little more difficult to get around as we get older. We have aches and pains. Some of us have been feeling those for some time. The rest of you just would uh, I'm not hoping that on anybody, but I suspect they're going to come. It gets hard as you get older. Well, when you are young, when your bodies are flexible, when you have energy, remember God then. Focus on God when you're young, not living for yourself. Remember your Creator when you're young. Focus on God your entire life, not merely when things get difficult at the end. So much better to always avoid sins of our youth. You know, you're not just sowing your wild oats or whatever the term may be today. How about pay attention to what we sow because we will reap? Focus on living for God and loving our. Use the days of our youth with God. Here's an interesting one, just kind of as an aside, four words here. Remember Lot's life. Three words. Remember Lot's life. Luke 17, 32. Why would we need to remember Lot's life? Well, Lot and his family had been in the plain in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the angels come to pull righteous Lot, we out. Because God's about to wipe those two cities off we're living in such open rebellion to any semblance of how God wants our lives to be. And as you leave, he says, don't run for it, essentially, don't look back. Well, as they're running for it, we're told Lot's wife look back. And lots of people have wondered why she looked back. Was it simply because of the noise, the flash or whatever was going on as God was wiping out these cities? Or was she concerned, you know, this is so this is all guessing here. Was she concerned about the life she was living and not knowing what was coming ahead? I don't know. But that's great advice for all of us. Don't look back. If you came here in a car today, your car's supposed to have a very important safety feature. It's called a rear view mirror. I know some drivers in the South need to become familiar with that. <laughs> In life, we have a rear-view mirror. It's our memory. It's our memory. I wish I could find a way to take it down. Because too often, we live our lives focused on the rear-view mirror of our life. The things that went wrong, living in the past. We focus on the past. Choices we made, regrets, whatever it may be to become much more focused on living in the now. Can I change anything I did yesterday? If you know a way I can change anything I did yesterday, please tell me. I made some mistakes yesterday. I'd really like to go back in a time machine, if you've got one handy, and tell myself, don't do it. Can I really change anything tomorrow? Once I get there, once I get there, I can hopefully make a choice here or there that's a good choice. The only thing I can really change is right now. This instant, the next five minutes, live your life for God now. In the here and now, make choices at the moment to live for God and to love your neighbor. Don't focus your life on the rear view mirror. It can be helpful, you can learn from some things, but don't focus on it. There was a movie I watched recently where the female character said to the male character, you have such a wonderful way of living in the present. And he actually said, well, I can't change the past. Amen to that. I can't change the past. But so many of us let it dominate who we are and we spend so much time looking at the past and regret that we don't live in here now and miss opportunities to make a change today that can help someone. Don't, don't do it. A couple of places in the book of Revelation when Jesus is writing to the seven churches of Asia in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus himself, some of the last words he says to members of his family, uses the word remember. Revelation 2 5. He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The only way to get back on track is to remember the way things used to be when things were going well. Understand what you've done that caused that no longer to be the case, and then go back and do what was working. That's wonderful relationship advice. If you've got a friend, a family member, a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, and things aren't going well, the only way to get that back on track is to remember what was going right earlier, change, and do those things again. How? Open the door. I'm not saying you don't do it, but that would be a good thing. Most of us, particularly early on, were doing nice things for people. How about we do nice things for and opportunities to do the things we used to do when things were going well. Revelation 3.3, Jesus also says, Remember thou therefore how you have received what you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. And you don't watch I it will come upon you as a thief and you will not know an hour I will come upon you. We need to remember the things we've been taught. We need to hold on to it because that's the whole point of these things that have been told to us. Remember what we have heard, use them to live our lives better, other and forgotten. Acts 20, 30 and 31, we were in Acts 20 earlier. This is Paul at Miletus talking to the elders. He warns them, he says, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore, telling them the leaders of the church, Watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day for years. Paul says, be careful. From your own leaders, people will start saying things that are perverse, that are off track, that are not what Jesus would want. And he says, I've been telling you this for three years with tears. Please remember that after I leave and try to not have this happen to you. Hebrews eight twelve. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Let's all hope and pray. That's what God says about each and every one of us. I don't want God to remember any of my sins and lawless deeds at all either. He says the same kind of thing in Hebrews ten seventeen: 17. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Remember, it's my fault when something's repeated that's trying to make sure it's really, really important that we know that so thankful. This is repeating. Their sins and their lawless deeds, God will remember no more. Why will we not remember those things? Why will we no longer remember those things? We did them. We made our own choices. Nobody forced us to do any of those things. Why will God not remember them? Look at Jeremiah 31. Back some six, seven hundred years before the time of Jesus, the prophet Jeremiah said this, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. He was going to make a new covenant. The old covenant was based on following the rules and regulations of the law God gave to Moses. The new covenant is the one Jesus established with his blood, which we will be thinking about with the Lord's Supper here in a few minutes. Those days are now here. There's a new covenant in place, and that new covenant is going to be what allows God to no longer remember our sins and our law's deeds. Luke 16, 25. Abraham said, this is in the story or the parable of the uh, rich man and Lazarus. Abraham said to the rich man who was in torment, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, now he is comforted and you were tormented. Remember, you had good stuff in the past when you were living for yourself, but in the hereafter it's not working out quite the same way. Revelation 21, 3 and 4, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He, God, will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and he be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, no sorrow, no sorrow. There should be no more pain for the former things that passed away. I know that for some of us in this last week, there have been times where we have thought of something from the past that may have brought a tear. Thinking of someone who's no longer with us. Perhaps thinking of something we did that we really wish we hadn't done. In the future, when God returns, when we go home to live with God, all of those things will no longer be. The, those former things will have passed away, perhaps because also old memories will be passing away. The rearview mirror, if you will may finally be taken off and thrown away because we will be with God forever. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O oh Lord. Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. Jonah's is essentially saying, when I felt like I was dying in the belly of this giant fish, I was remembering you. I want to focus real quick and say, we all really need to think that. There's going to come a day, I don't know what day it will be for you or for me, my life will begin to ebb away. There's nobody in Nashville who's 140 years old. Every single person born 140 years ago in this town is dead. There's going to be a day when Gene is going to be dying and will eventually be dead. I hope and pray for all of us. That instead of panic as my life is slowly slipping away, focus on the fact that we are going home to God. and God is waiting to help us cross the river as the Lord. Amen. Luke 23, 42. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's a great thought to have as well. If or when our life is floating away. <laughs> this is the thief on the cross speaking to Jesus. Jesus. When you come into your kingdom, please remember me. Another great, great thought. Members of God's family are going to be remembered on that great day. So my question to each of us this morning is this. Are you one of his children? Are you a member of God's family? Have you had your sins washed away by coming to Jesus in your belief that He is the Son of God, that He came and lived and died for you and for me, and then been buried in water so that your sins can be washed away. As Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will in fact be saved. If not, if you're not a member of God's family, I don't mean to be harsh with this, if you're not yet a member of His family, you're still in your life of sin. You are still in a sinful circumstance. What can wash that sin away? Only one thing can do that. Only the blood of Jesus. So please, please, if there's anything we can do to help you, please come to him today to so name.